welcome to the Become a Writer Today podcast with Brian Collins. Here you'll find practical advice and interviews for all kinds of writers. Do you write fiction, but you're interested in tackling writing nonfiction? Hi there, my name is Brian Collins and welcome to the Become a Writer Today podcast. Several years ago, I used to spend a lot of time writing literary fiction. I wrote a lot of literary fiction because I thought to myself that I could write the great Irish novel. And I spent a lot of time taking literary fiction writing classes in the Irish Writers' Centre in Dublin. And while taking these classes, I learned a lot about what it takes to write a great story and also to craft the kind of sentence that readers really enjoy engaging with. The problem was I got a bit hooked on crafting the perfect sentence and I spent night after night trying to rewrite the same stories over and over and over and over until they sounded just right, until they were perfect. My pursuit of perfectionism actually stopped me from finishing my stories and from entering them in competitions. Now, eventually I got to a point where I just got sick of my lack of progress and I started entering them in competitions and showing them to other people. Eventually, I realized that I wasn't really that good at writing literary fiction and that my heart wasn't really in writing those kinds of stories. And while I enjoy reading fiction and literary fiction and thrillers and so on, I actually prefer writing nonfiction. And that's why I write business self-help books and why I enjoy also reading biographies and those kind of books. But I'm still fascinated by authors who manage to bridge the divide between both types of work, between writing fiction and between writing nonfiction. So recently, Abidemi Sanusi got in touch with me and she's a former human rights worker and a writer who's based in London in the UK. And back in 2010, her book EO was shortlisted for the 2010 Commonwealth Writers Prize. More recently, Abidemi has transitioned into writing nonfiction and she's actually set up a business as a copywriter and as somebody who writes for search That is somebody who specializes in SEO or search engine optimization. And this is a particular type of writing that's useful for bloggers. I recently had the chance to catch up with Abademi and I started by asking her to explain her background as both a fiction and nonfiction writer. So when I wrote the book Ale, which is nominated for that um, literary award, that was, I used to be a human rights worker. I used to be a human rights worker. And when I got a bit jaded. I'd been doing it for about four and a half, five years. And I knew that I wanted to leave the field, which is when you get sent out to all these post-conflict zones. I knew I wanted to leave the field, but there were two issues I was very passionate about, which was about gender and conflict, especially child slavery, because I used to campaign against those. But I wanted to do something. I just didn't want to leave human rights. I wanted to do something. So I thought, what is the one thing that I do that I'm passionate about that I think I'm kind of okay at? that would also raise awareness of this issue. And the result was AO, which was nominated for that award, which is the Commonwealth Writers Award. But then also I had dreams of running my own business, being a freelancer or being a consultant of some sort. I wasn't quite sure what that was. So between leaving that human rights field and just trying to figure out how to make this whole running your own business, being a freelance, being a consultant, then, so when I was also working at the human rights organization, it was a very small charity, really tiny. And we had an office based in Highbury in North London. And then we also had another office in Nigeria where resources were very tight. And so I was the West Africa programs person, but I was also the web editor. And I got exactly five minutes training from my boss, the manager. And then I think about two or three weeks after we got funding, 
to create a French-speaking human rights website. And the target was, I had to get, I think, like five or 10,000 people, um, attract them to those sites so we could actually get more funding. I didn't know anything. I only had about, yeah, this is a world of charities. I can tell you more stories. So I think all those factors actually played into me. So that was my intro, working in human rights and SEO and copywriting and doing content stuff. That was my introduction. So when I left the human rights world, I realized also that I had a passion for digital things. I'm a bit of a nerd like that. Until today, I still spend stupid amounts of money buying and playing with software, but that's just another thing entirely. So that was how I made the transition. So with that challenge, which I absolutely met, I mean, got funding to do, you know, more work in West Africa, which is, that was my area of expertise, you know, because when you do human rights, you tend to specialize either in a region or a certain theme. So that was how I made the transition. It's a bit of a long-winded response, but I think, and I hope it answers your question. I actually used to work in a different career in social care and actually worked for a charity at one point. I, All right. So at you're the time, I was, I was writing fiction, although I didn't have as much success as, as you've had, but uh, <laughs> I, I transitioned then to, to nonfiction as well so, so I can recognize some of the steps on your journey. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the biggest thing for me was learning how to write for the web. Which yes. Which is a easy difference to trying to craft, you know, a nice sentence for a literary. Book. Yes. But how, how did you learn that skill? See, that's, that's, it's really weird the way you say literary book because I've never really seen myself as a literary writer. So, yeah, I've never really seen myself. And the kind of culture, I was born in Nigeria and then I was sent to boarding school in England and I kind of stayed. And I kind of decided to stay on afterwards. And in Nigerian, was the African culture, there is a real appreciation of, of the literary style of writing. But I've never actually seen myself like that. I've always seen myself as a commercial author. And it's only actually in the last couple of years that people have actually told me, oh, you're more of a literary writer. I just, I just think, no, I'm more commercial. Neither one is better than the other, I have to say, but I just think my writing is kind of, I like to think of it as personable. But when I think about literary stuff, I, can I just say that I will read anything? But when yeah. I think about my writing style, I think it's kind of light. It's a kind of, I don't know if you have... Um, I know this is going out internationally to, into the world. I always think about writing. So literary writing is about, it's like going to the Ivy, a really, really amazing restaurant. You get posh food, but the quantities are really tiny. And then you finish it. And then probably afterwards, you go get, grab yourself a burger because you're still hungry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know, it feeds you. It's amazing. The presentation is fantastic. Everything is good. You have an amazing experience, but you leave. Or maybe it's just me that you think, oh God, I've got to get a burger after because I'm still hungry. But with commercial fiction, that is my understanding. It's like going to Hernandez with your friends. The food is like, you know, it's affordable, it's cheap. And then you leave, it's like you're really, really satisfied, you know, really happy. So that's the way that I explain it. So moving from that, and I think when you write fiction in general, anyway, it is different to writing web content. And I think you have different parts of your brain that are working. Because when I'm writing web content, I am so focused on the audience. I'm always thinking about, the people, like the channels are going to come through the website, you know, yeah. is it via Twitter, is it via LinkedIn, is it via social media? What's the social media channel? What is the intent? I know some people find this stuff boring, but a lot about SEO copywriting, especially, it's about intent. So like your page has to convert. And to do that, you have to know why you created that page. So that's the technicalities of it, you know, but it also in the actual writing itself, you have to have a certain writing style. 
you know, I always say to people, break your stuff up in paragraphs. It has to be short and sharp and lean because not everybody's reading it from a desktop or a laptop. More than likely, they're reading it from a mobile device. So you have to factor that in. Don't have long paragraphs. I mean, you know, nowadays, like six lines to a paragraph is too long. <laughs> yeah. It's too long. So it's just, I use different parts of my brain when I'm writing books. And, and as you know, I write fiction and nonfiction. So it's like, yeah. So when I'm doing that, I use different parts of my brain. And when I'm writing web content, I use different parts of my brain. But so they, you, you, know, still, you still write fiction as well? Yes, I've actually got a book out next year. Oh, right. Okay. Congratulations. Yeah, which I'm really excited about. And it's fiction. Yeah, it's a bit weird, but anyway, it is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> they certainly engage different parts of the brain. So how, yeah. how did you like study SEO or writing for the web? Did you take courses or did yes. you emulate the styles of other people? Yeah. So when I had my five minute training for that, you know, small human rights charity, literally it was five minutes. And the manager went through, she goes, so this is how you update the website. This is how you do this. And I basically had to figure out things for myself because she left a couple, I think she left like a month, a couple of months after. So I basically had to figure things out for myself. And, and I knew I'm a big fan of upskilling and basically learning new things. So when I decided I was going to be a consultant or a freelancer or contractor, or whatever you wanted to call it, I knew that I had to be better than anybody else that I was out there. And I knew the way to do that was via SEO. So I went on an SEO course when I learned about, I knew the basics of it. You know, when you do web content writing, you need to know the basics. But I just thought, what would elevate me? What would put me at the premium position compared to everybody else in the market. I wanted something because I knew I was going to set up this business anyway. I wasn't going to freelance forever. I was going to set up uh, a business, a content agency, not a digital agency, an SEO content agency. But I just thought, what would distinguish me from everybody else in the market? Because what you tend to happen is when you set up a digital agency, you have different teams doing SEO or content, but mine was just the one thing. I just thought, fine. So... SEO was, you know, I wanted, yeah, so I wanted to learn it. I just didn't want to outsource it or get somebody in. Sometimes it's good to know what you're talking about. So I went on the course and I actually made friends with like, one of the trainer of the course, Joe Williams, who's actually, uh, I think, he's a lecturer professor of SEO now. But back in the day, he used to run probably one of the top three SEO courses in London at that time. He was very, very good, very well known. And we kind of kind of struck up a kind of friendship. Like if I had questions, I would ask him. But I came away from that. And most important, I practiced my skills. So when I was optimizing, setting up my agency, when I transitioned from freelancing and being a consultant to running an, an SEO agency, I set myself the goal. Well, if people typed in SEO copywriter, I wanted to be basically number between numbers one to three. The first page was good, but I wanted to be numbers one to three because that was that's what that was the best way of demonstrating my expertise. So and that was exactly what I set out to do and that was what I achieved. Because then people would contact me via, you know, on you know, they'll come to the website, they'll be like, Oh, I just typed in SEO writing services by SEO copywriter and seeing as you were number one or two or three or four or what have you, certainly like I was in the top three. That's when I knew that you knew what you were talking about. And I no longer run Ready Writer because I'm focused on doing extra things, but I am still called in to do, um, to speak about SEO copywriting because obviously I wrote a book about that as well. So yeah, that was how I got started and transitioned into that. Yeah, I like, I like your story about the transition. So what would you say is working in SEO these days for writers and for freelancers? 
I think for a lot of freelancers, there is a, you know, it's really funny because SEO copywriting is not like a traditional, what I like to call traditional copywriting. So SEO copywriting, I know that you know what the difference is, but an SEO copywriter is somebody who has been trained and somebody who writes content that's designed to perform well on Google in search engine results. And so that, you know, to perform well on Google. So when people type in a session word or what have you, that content is hopefully should be on page one or two, preferably page one. And also more than that, get people to click through from Google search engine results to your website. And um, and once they get on the website, your job also is to, is to make sure that those visitors are converted. They have a long-term plan. There's a kind of conversion plan. And that's different from what I like to call traditional, and I'm going to get killed for this, well, like traditional copywriting, because it doesn't factor in all these other elements, you know, the SEO techniques and the kind of things you have to apply to your content to make sure that it ranks well. So it's a kind of, it's a specific skill. That's what I like to call it. It's knowing about SEO and it's also basically knowing about copywriting and bringing the two together. Yeah, that's the difference. (laughs) So if I wanted to get started uh, with writing for the web or SEO, what would you suggest I do? Well, one of the things I would obviously suggest to come on my course, (laughs) SEO copywriting. (laughs) I'll put a link in the show notes. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, come on, my course, SEO copywriting, what you learn about SEO and copywriting and also how to run an SEO copywriting business. But if you decide, actually, I don't want to be a copywriter anymore, you could just also, there, there are quite a few courses that you can do. But just beware uh, that, you know, just search for SEO, for SEO courses. But just beware, like SEO is very, like, it's, kind of, it's a bit nebulous. It's not the kind of thing that you get results from like overnight, for instance, because you are optimizing and doing things for the long term. And that's why there's a kind of discord <laughs> or tension between digital marketeers and SEO analysts or optimizers, because, you know, with digital marketing, you have a goal, you have a campaign, you throw money at it, you can see results or basically see your £5,000 or $5,000 go down the stream. Whereas with SEO, you are writing, you know, in a lot of cases, you're investing a lot of time and effort in creating good content, making sure the technical bits of your SEO have been implemented. And, you know, it takes time, uh, probably like three to six months before you start seeing any of that results, which is, and the best result is the free traffic you get to your website, you know, free quality traffic. You can then convert it to, into customers. So if you're somebody, you think, if you're a writer, you think, okay, this is something that I should be looking into. Maybe I've, you've always thought about freelancing. I would say definitely learn about SEO, learn about copywriting. And if you're somebody that writes books, copywriting or content writing, it's very different from writing books. Nobody has time to read like 20 pages of Shakespearean yeah. writing style. <laughs> Yeah, I think as a copywriter, you know, you could write a long sales page that's uh, yeah. 20 pages long and it might help you convert. But with, with SEO, uh, yeah. there's a different approach you'd have to take. And that's been my experience that it takes three to yeah. six months for a page to rank. Yeah, absolutely. Typically when I'm writing something, I start with keyword research. So how do you approach keyword research? So for me, I would always come back to the what the goal is, for instance. So I would always say to people, first define your business objective. And then you optimize, um, you define your business objective and your content. Your website is basically your online portal, your online shop. So whatever services you're providing, or maybe you sell books, maybe you write books, you want to sell your books. Well, then you have to do, and maybe your books is in, I don't know, thrillers or fantasy. So make sure you position 
that page on your website, do the research around readers and, you know, look for the kind of keywords that somebody looking to buy, looking to discover, looking to discover new authors might possibly search Google for. So it might be a keyword as, for example, um, a new Martian author in dystopian fantasy, for instance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, something like that. So, you know, for those people, because that is so niche, I've just made that up by the way, but it's so niche. And those kinds of people that are searching for those kinds of keywords, they're usually looking to buy. They should look into buy. And I think the most, another example I can give to you is for car insurance. You know, that's like a short keyword. You know, if you're, if you're selling car insurance or you're Mr. Slow Joe, don't ever optimize for that because you will just be crushed online by all the big insurance people. So it's, you know, it's much better for you to basically optimize your website for or car insurance for people living in Leighton, East London. You know, that's more long till the search volume is lower, but you're more likely to get traffic to your website if you optimize your website for that. So the difference though, just making sure that whatever you're optimizing for, think about keywords that suggest that the people searching for that key, using that keyword are more, they have purchasing intent, for instance. So car insurance, anybody that types in car insurance are looking for information, but you want people who want to buy. So car insurance company in Leighton, East London, for me, I would say, actually, somebody typing in that, I know they live in East London, they live in Leighton, East London, they're looking for a local car insurance company and they're definitely looking to buy. That's the way I would approach it. Be very focused. Don't get carried away. Don't try and bid for broad keywords like car insurance that all the other big car insurance companies will basically just, yeah, you just, you just would never rank for that at all. And what tools would you recommend a new writer use to get started with keyword research? Well, there are quite a few um, tools. So Neil Patel, who's very well known in the SEO world, I'm just going to throw that out there. He's got tools like, um, he's got a, he bought um, that to Uber Suggest. And so you can start from there. And I know he's also doing some amazing things for, um, for, for keywords, for SEO in general. You can start with that. And um, there's also a Chrome extension that you can use called Keywords Everywhere. So basically just installing on your Chrome browser. And when you type in a particular keyword, it gives you an idea of the search volume for that. Another thing that you should also try and think um, optimize for is Google snippets and answers. And those are short. So the way you type in a question in Google and it brings up those snippets, uh, you type in a question and it gives you answers from different websites. So that's another thing that you could try and optimize for. And I think another big thing is actually voice search. That's going to be huge if it's not huge already because people don't like typing in stuff anymore. I mean, I still type in stuff, but... People like to ask Siri and all those people questions. So that's something you definitely should look at. Mm, yeah, I, I agree with the voice search. It's definitely going to yeah. be a, a new technology that, that will change how we use the internet and search for topics. Yeah. And I suppose just to go back to your creative work, and I'm just curious about how you balance creative work with SEO, which would definitely be more analytical or technical. And that's the funny thing. I'm probably not the most analytical person in the world. <laughs> I don't think I am. But the truth also is, if you write books, you have to be analytical because, and I think it doesn't matter if you write fiction or nonfiction, because a book has to have a beginning and an end. There has to be structure to it. So people often think if you write fiction, that means, oh, you're so like la di la and everything is just like so woozy. You know, it doesn't work like that. And I think as an experienced writer and author, 
because we're both writers and authors, because we've written books, you understand that this is your career and you put the time in. You, you don't want to basically write a shorter book. And you're always thinking about the market as well. When you write it, okay, how are you going to market it? You want to do a really, really good job. And also when you're writing it, you want to basically deliver a good book and you have to be analytical about how that is. And I think I've come to the stage where when I'm working on a book, whether it's fiction or nonfiction, obviously I don't edit my book myself. I'm an editor. I'm not an editor. I'm a writer. I try to do, give it my best, make sure whatever I do, do my research, make sure I rewrite it and rewrite it. When I finish it, don't just give it to the editor. Make sure, you know, I make sure it goes through several rewrites. And the same thing with the SEO copywriting as well. It is analytical because you have to do the keyword research and there's some technical bits, you know, fiddling around with Google Console. But I think if you take pride in your work and you want to deliver good work, there's an element of analytical, no, there's an element of analysis that goes into it and that follows on from, and I know lots of movies, some people are just starting out, you know, in their writing career, they want to write books, they might not want to hear this because they might think actually... I didn't know that writing books and being an SEO copywriter required analysis. Well, it's the same for anything that you do in life. You just have to make sure you sit and think through everything. Don't just sit there and say, I'm going to write a book and blah, everything is going to come out. No, write an outline, have some structure to it. And the same thing for the SEO copywriting. Do the keyword research, think about the technical elements, make sure you've got the metadata right. Educate yourself about you know, Google Search Console and all, you know, what's going on in the industry. And don't ever wait for the right time to do anything. Do you know what I mean? If you've written a book, um, you finished, you completed the manuscript, do if you want to self-publish, make sure you get the best editor that you can and get it out there. And the same thing for the SEO copywriting. If you want to do that, do it. Uh, but then, you know, fret about, oh, it's not good enough for this. At some point, you're going to have to show your works to the world. How about it? <laughs> so do you believe that people are left-sided or right-sided when it comes to brain thinking? Or does it matter? I don't think it does. I don't think it does. Because like when people see me, people that know me, they're like, you are the least analytical person in the world. I am analytical. I have to be because I'm a writer. I write books and I do this SEO stuff. But, you know, if you show me data like figures and stats, I am so lost, Ryan. I just, I cannot make head or tail of that stuff. I, I just can't. It's just not me. But by the virtue of the work that I do, there has to be an element of data analysis and just basically has to interpret what that data is, especially when it comes to trends, you're looking, up, or you're looking at Google Analytics. So I don't really see myself or classify your thinking in terms of left brain or right brain because I'm just not that way inclined. I was going to say lazy, but I'm, not, I'm just not that way inclined. <laughs> yeah. So do you approach creative work like writing a part of your story in the morning and then some of the analysis that you described in the afternoon or... Or what does your ideal early morning routine look like? So I wake up in the morning, um, meditate, go to the gym. And then with the writing stuff, I know experience tells me, and I know for a fact, now I know because I've been doing this for a long time now. So I know for a fact that I write best in the morning. Anytime after the one, two in the afternoon, I just, just no good. And, but that's just me. I've worked it out. I do my best writing in the morning and then the planning stuff as well, you know, whatever it is I want to write or if I'm thinking about the plot or the structure of a book or I'm thinking about the SEO research. I just think that I'm a morning person when it comes to that stuff. So I tend to leave the afternoon for boring admin stuff or project planning or something, yeah. I don't know. But any kind, anything that requires a lot of thought or writing, it's always, always done in the morning. And does that, does that include SEO copy? Yeah, always in the morning. 
Okay. Are there any things that lessons you've learned about time management since you've set up your copywriting business that you wish you'd known maybe back in 2009 or 2008? I would say don't, do you know what I mean? Things will go wrong. Focus on quick wins. Uh, marketing is very, very important. And when things go wrong, don't beat up yourself. Learn from it and move on very, very swiftly. Life is too short. Don't be afraid. If you've done something, you want to do something, don't say, I'm going to wait until the perfect condition, the perfect time, the perfect this. That's just never going to happen. Do you know what I mean? It's just never, ever going to happen. If you've got something that you want to do that's on your heart, you know, just do it and get it out there. Don't just wait and wait. And if you've done something and you're still perfecting it and perfecting it and perfecting it, you know, you're not doing yourself any favors mentally and otherwise. Do it, get it out there, learn lessons from it, and just try and take feedback. If even if, if it doesn't work, it's fine. <laughs> you know, it's a learning experience. If it doesn't work, it's okay. Seriously, you will live through it. This is somebody who sent us an email talking about myself here. So I think 750,000 people to a website that was a knife that had gone down and I didn't realize. <laughs> so, what happened? <laughs> yeah. You know, I was launching this new website. It was my new website. I'd done all this work. I've got some partners involved. And, go, and they're going to send out this email introducing people to my SEO copywriting service. You know, 750,000 all over Europe. And um, yeah, and I had a, a developer. I didn't realize actually because... I've been speaking to him and my, and I've been checking the website. I thought everything was fine. And all of a sudden I'm getting, you know, emails from people like your website is down. Needless to say, relations between me and that developer were fraught after that. (laughs) So were you able to email them again when your website was Well, I was able to email them again, but I'd lost momentum. But I think for me, the worst thing was I was so mortified because this went on for it. And they couldn't get the website back up. God, yeah. How long did it take to get back up? I think we lost the day. Yeah. Well, it happens, I suppose. It happens. <laughs> yeah. So if Not you can recover on. from that. <laughs> so, Sabadimi, so where can people find you and your, your book or some information about your services online? So um, what I do now, um, I don't do SEO consultancy anymore. I run online courses. So if you go to abidemi.tv, which is A-B-I-D-E-M-I.tv, that's short for television.tv, I'm online or Google my name. You can find the online courses there. And if you want to buy my books, they're available on Amazon. And that's where you can find me. I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. If you did, please leave a rating on the iTunes store. And if you want to accomplish more with your writing, please visit becomearitertoday.com forward slash join and I'll send you a free email course. Thanks for listening.